Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Cults and Rap. And as we said last week, you know, we do return for another episode for now. And um, it's, it's a win a winning episode, probably the first one I've done all year. I don't think it is, but one of one of very limited amounts of winning episodes. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to upgrade you to co-host now. You hear enough. Hear enough, there you go. Got the call up. You, you are now co-host of this show. Uh, you know, welcome back. I I think I have the right to say I told you so with this game. I just had a very good feeling about it. I mean, uh, what are you feeling after the performance? Yeah, I mean, you did call it. You were you were much more confident than I was. Um, so fair, fair play. But, yeah, I think a lot of people had mixed opinions on this game. Oh, not, not mixed opinions, mixed maybe um, expectations. I feel like it was a lot of either we're going to get pumped or we're going to kill them. So... Luckily for us, it fell on fell on the right side for us. Well, I think like I guess with half the team we weren't expecting too much. Um, yeah. Freo and the form, you know, they've been in. I guess they beat us quite convincingly the first time, but that's sort of why I was confident this time because I thought, you know, I feel like it's pretty hard to win two games in a row in a season. Like you saw Richmond against us, they sort of. You know, they rebounded off that round one game and I just thought a lot of things were in our favour, even though it didn't really seem like it. Um, and look, the first quarter def- definitely didn't suggest that things were going our way, but I sort of thought, geez, Freo were playing pretty, pr- probably playing their best they could. And we were playing probably the worst we could and we were still really within touch most that first quarter and never really seemed out of it. Were you a bit concerned at quarter time? Not really, because I felt like we were doing the right things. I felt like we had the we had a lot of inside fifties, had a lot of pressure inside fifty. It felt like every time the Dockers went forward, they scored. It, it felt like that. I'm not sure what the inside fifty stats were at quarter time, but yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't like overly, overly nervous at quarter time because I felt like, yeah, we just couldn't score. I feel like that was our big problem. Once we started scoring we were going to start getting back into the game. So I wasn't really stressed. Well, uh, the second quarter, I thought we like probably could have done more. Maybe I would kick five goals. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at efficiency stats. We had 83% disposal efficiency and our inside 50 efficiency was 36%, which is 10% lower than average. So like, yeah. that's quite poor. And to win a game by five goals off the back of that is like... you probably look at it and say it could have been seven or eight yeah and but, like it, it would, that, it would, i thought that's what i was sort of confident about yeah it was it was the constant just bombing it deep inside 50. i feel like once we started lowering our eyes once we started hitting up leads it, it became it became a lot more straightforward so good good adapting mid get mid match because we were and our entry inside 50 in the first maybe 50 minutes wasn't great and then we just changed it and it and it worked. So for, funny how that works, and you change something that doesn't work and it works. It, we just went into that game like really prepared for yeah. what Freo were gonna throw at us. And we probably beat them at their own game in the end. That just that really quick transition in ball game. We killed them. And gotta say, in terms of pressure, that probably was up there for one of the best all season. 
yeah, just relentless was... all game, all around the ground. Yeah, it was just especially at wind. They couldn't progress it up very cleanly. Yeah, it, it was constant pressure coming out of day 50, Philip. Just constant, just bombing it out. We'll come back in, bombing it out, coming back in. And I mean, the. The, it was the it was the much maligned thing coming out of the Richmond game was the pressure wasn't there especially from the midfield um, and maybe like the defensive pressure especially but um, I mean yeah like we saw I'm not sure how many inside fifties the Dockers had I think it was maybe just over forty I think around about that mark but to see that improvement from seventy six or whatever it was last week is like again it shows signs that we're identifying the problem and finding a solution for the problem so. Yeah, it was re- really pleasing and exciting to see the pressure because we put that pressure up against any side of the comp, that will crumble. So it's good to see. Well, Freo only had 40 inside 50s in the end, which is, I mean, you compare it to a 76, that was 12 less than their average all season. Yeah. And I'd say Marble is probably one of the easier grounds to get a lot of inside 50s and it's pretty much one kick from the centre, like one decent kick. So that, that is a very impressive effort. And I guess they did focus pretty heavily on the clearances. 44 in the end, two Fremantles, 30. So they were on top. 14 centre clearances. Freo only had five, which is like, yeah, that's that's great. That's one a quarter, really, against a team that has pretty much killed most of their opposition in that stat. I don't know. I think that was like this game was like a really good, like just solidifying a game plan when half a team isn't there. Yeah, I just think it's helped quite a lot. Yeah, it showed that our game plan actually stacks up because a lot of teams their game plan stacks up and they've got their full team, um, and we haven't had the luxury of that since probably around three, round three, round four. We haven't really had the luxury of having our having our full team, so. To show that, to say that after after a month, maybe or maybe three games of poor performances, go against Richmond, Essendon, and, and the Pies, to say it backed up or to see it maybe addressed coming into this Fremantle game, massive game for top four aspirations. Um, yeah, it's it's really pleasing. I can't believe I just said top four aspirations. That's the first time I've ever said ever said that. Look, I'm. I don't know, I just think percentage is just not going to help us. That's why I'm more like, I, I would love more to get a, just get that home final. I don't know, I'll be satisfied with a home final. Literally, all you got to do is get top six and you're guaranteed a home final at some point. Yeah, but having playing, finishing fourth and versus Melbourne at the G, practically a home final, isn't it? It is practically a home final. Yeah, there are games. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. There are games that give us an opportunity to fight for it. You got the Geelong game, which will I'm be a guessing, home game for us, regardless. Will, yeah, but I'm guessing it will be fourth v fifth or something similar. You know, like <laughs> one of those games where winner takes that spot. You know, Brisbane will probably well if they play anything like they did, they'll drop games. I assume yeah. on the way. And some of the doctors. opportunities. Yeah, I mean, there'll be many opportunities to get those spots which is yeah I, 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 yeah I don't think the top six is set just yet just a lot of teams are dropping games a lot of teams are overperforming underperforming and it's about the team that can just capitalize it's, it's going to come down to I reckon it'll come down to the last round 
but it will come down to which team wins on the weekend that the other team loses. That's what it will be. That last round is going to be pretty, pretty That's, insane. Yeah. It's good. yeah. I mean, if we thought this round, just on a general AFL chart, if we thought this round was built up, imagine last round. I just don't see it. I can't see any other scenario than Carlson Collingwood where Collingwood need... Look, I feel like they'll already have it eighth spot, but I feel like maybe a home final and, like, we'll need a top four spot. I can't yeah. see, like, a scenario where both teams, like, don't yeah. need anything to play for. Yeah. There's just yeah. going to have to be something that... Uh, I really don't want to play Collingwood in a final or Richmond. I really don't. Yeah. Just, just, I, I, would, I would genuinely rather finishing sixth, or no, finishing seventh and versing Sydney over there than versing Collingwood here. I genuinely would rather that. I, ca- I can't do it. I just can't do it. I don't... Surely, no, Richmond Carlton got, what, 95,000? Yeah, Richmond, Richmond Carlton, Carlton finals will get above 80,000 at the G, regardless. Yeah. Okay, well, Carlton Collingwood would probably, I would say it would sell out. Oh, yeah. It would probably be a grand final crowd. 100%. Would, it'd, be, it'd be over 90, 100%. It'd be over 90. I mean, oh. Especially if it's elimination. If it's a, I mean, it won't be qualifying, but because it, it'll be an elimination if it ever happens. Or, or a prelude. I'm not sure what the what the circumstances is if we if we can scrape fourth, and Collingwood finish like eighth. Is it a grand final meet or if we lose? Yeah, really. If 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 that scenario was fourth and they finish eighth, and we lost and they won, we'd play them in a semi. Oh fuck. So. And then if we win, it'd be it'd have to be a grand final if we met. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just bring it. Well, let's bring ourselves back to earth. Just yeah. Yeah, um, we're, let's we're still move on to, Well, that is, yeah, for, for now. But yeah. um, player to talk. Um, okay, I'll be first to say it. Okay. Yeah, Brian. Five star. Fantastic. Okay. I, you know, I may have been heard saying Alo Brian three votes after that fourth goal, a fourth uh, fourth quarter goal. But um, no, he, he played well. And yep. that's that's what I say. That's what a good Lucky O'Brien looks like when he actually puts himself in good positions. He follows up his man. He does all the good right things. He he gets himself in really scorable positions and puts himself in places he can impact games. And he did that. And that's what and that's what I'm hoping for that to continue. And he'll you know hopefully he'll show some consistency. Yeah. But his first half was still rubbish. But his second half was the best Lucky O'Brien he can produce. Yeah, I, th- I thought our, our our wingers, just in general, him, Cotchell and Nunes, all played very well. And I feel like they're all very integral to the way that we play. Because we are so contested-based. You know, we, are, we are so contested-based, we are so stoppage-based that teams will look to get us on the outside um, and look to get us using uncontested marks and to try to outrun us. So their ability to stop that and their ability to get back and cover and then also provide that offensive threat is massive for our ability to negate the opposition. So I thought they all did that brilliantly well. Um, and O'Brien was the creme de la creme of the wingers on Saturday afternoon. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought him and Cottrell's 
there was a bit of chemistry in that game. I just, yeah, yeah, I felt I like that was synergized well. well, yeah. Which I guess comes with just playing consistently yeah. with each other. Um, do you, Who goes out when Cunningham gets back? Assuming Cunningham will probably make his way into the 22. yeah yeah Cunningham starting twenty two for me. Um, it's a great question. I don't think you can play Cunningham on the wing, or I don't think I don't I don't think that works just yet. Maybe next season if if he gets a full press season that it may be, but I don't think you can change it right now. It'd have to be one of the smalls for me, or Jay. It is hard. Because you have someone like a Jack Martin who would expect to come straight back in. I don't think he should, but... And then you have Matt Owies who didn't play. It is a tricky tricky conundrum because I feel like like it's... Zach Fisher and David Cunningham are very similar players in terms of the role that they play. They're mid-forwards that are quick, skillful, exciting go on the midfield for five, ten minutes, have an impact, then go forward, kick some goals, have an impact. Both classy ball users as well. So, obviously, you can't take fish out. I'm not saying that, but, I mean, I'm not on the match committee and I'm, ha- and I'm happy that I'm not based on our, when our players come back because on form, no one deserves to be dropped from that game. And we've got Chara coming back, so. Yeah, I, I'm... It's weird. Like with half the team, I can't believe we're sort of saying, "Oh, who's actually going to go out?" Like, yeah, because it's just stiff for anyone. Think it'd be easy, but it's just like, I guess yeah. when they're playing well. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, should we have lost? Then <clears throat> the act would have been a bit different. Yeah. Uh, some uh, just quickly uh, injury news when we're on the topic of players. Uh, Boyd went out late. Uh, he underwent scans, acute fracture in his foot. Expected to be out for an extended period, but remains a chance to be available late in the season. That's great. That's that to me is out for the rest of the season because it just says he's a he yeah remains a chance. Yeah, so that's and, like, and, and when he's fit, Williams will be back. These guys right. will start to be back, so I, I don't think he'll play again this season. Frustrating. Unfortunately, look, you know, if this if this was one or two weeks ago, I would have said we're well, not not the, really not a loss, but he's actually played his best football. Yeah, he was like, really really good. Yeah, really really but, good. Like, it's actually now become a bit of a frustrating. Yeah, out. I mean, I mean, it, it's alright because Stocker comes in and should play that same role. Yeah, well, he did play well in the reserves on Friday night. Yeah. So. Yeah, he should come back in. Um, so that yeah, that's one out. And I guess we're looking forward. We got our injury report yesterday. Chera meant to play. It says a test, which usually test means they will play. Yep. Uh, Fogarty is another test. Jack Martin is another test, and Matt Owies is another test. Weedering, although we got told this weekend. Apparently, it's more likely for West Coast. But I think Lewis Young has, he will do well on Max King. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, but Max King is is far greater opposition than 
than Matt Taberner, but uh, fingers crossed. I feel like Young is smart enough to to mitigate King. Like he, he's he's clever enough to understand what he needs to do. I think. We'll move into that later, but uh, there are there are talking points about. Let's go. Still keep on the fair game. Charlie with four, another Marvel masterclass, you might say. It's just it's when he kicks goals. There's a different aura. It's different. It's, it, you know what? It, it, because it's that built-up energy of the last three years. Yeah. You know, the last two years, whatever, where he's just not been there. Not yeah. It's like he's just smart. Like he's just so smart with the way he puts himself in just good positions. Yeah. It, it, like. What annoys me is reading, oh, he just gets the easy goals. It's like, well, why is your forward not smart enough to get in those positions? Yeah, yeah. It's like, how many times has there's been a pack in the goal square and Charlie's just not jumped? Because he knows this ball's going out the back. Just smart football. It's just, yeah, it's just smart forward craft. And for, for, especially for him not being, like, he's not 200 centimetres. He's not really lanky. But he's just so agile, so quick. And he can kick it 65, so that helps as well. He can get up the ground and, and really make a difference. So, yeah, I'm fucking, oh, I'm so happy that he's back up and running. Uh, well, he only had 10 touches and six scoring shots. So, what's that? 60% of his touches resulted in a score. Yeah. That's, that's efficiency yeah. at his highest. And he nearly kicked five. I think he missed a set shot late in the fourth. So, 4 2 he ended up with. Uh, if we're looking at goal scorers, Harry too didn't really seem to have a heap of impact. But to be fair, I think because he missed those early shots, I feel like he could have had three and four, and we would have probably yeah. said the same. Um, but that's a good thing with two of them that yeah, rarely both of them have a shit day. One of them's usually kind of yeah. Stand up. The only shit day I can think of both of them having was Richmond round one. And our smalls and our midfield did the damage there. So it's 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 a. I mean, how good is it having people who can kick goals other than Harry Mackay and the fifty-five-year-old Eddie Betts? It's good, isn't it? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, so Cottrell and O'Brien, they both got on the scoreboard, which is you know a good thing, unusual, but a good thing. And Cottrell. Probably, I'd say, goal of the game was that second quarter goal. Yeah, that was, was like unreal. Gave me Tom Papley vibes, like the way he was just running, like nonstop after it runs yeah. on the bench. That yeah, was, it's that. Just yeah, it's so. And the the one thing that we always knew he had was that running ability, run, yeah, and that pace and that ability to get up and down the ground. That's always been that's not been a problem. It's the footy IQ and the disposal efficiency they're the two areas which have been poor he's improved tenfold in both those aspects it's been really really good to see and i and my credit to nick austin maybe it was the putting him on the rookie list giving him the the rocket up the backside that he needed because he's been unbelievable this 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 past month he's been a real shining light in a couple of poor performances but yeah so happy that he's doing well um he I mean, he was, oh yeah, I mean, he was sort of mid-table for disposal, 17, which is you know, pretty average in terms of what you'd expect, yeah. uh, like, uh, that winner to get. Him and O'Brien, I mean, they were very similar in, on the day, you know, 19 touches, O'Brien, 17, Cottrell, two goals each. 
Cultural winner. He went at eighty-two percent. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, they played really well. They did. They did exactly what they needed to do. Exactly what they needed to do. Um, I mean, the the main man of the day, career best. Yes. Forty touches. Forty touches for Sam Walsh. He had a couple of thirty nines and thirty eights last year. I remember, mm-hmm. but hit forty this like, year. I mean, we always just, like, get stuck. Like, whenever we just talk about him, we just skip him. Because, like, what, 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 are you, but what are you meant to say? Like, he's an elite footballer. There's not much of his game that's, like... Yeah, he's not... He's just so good. He's not... He's the definition of an... So, you know that player that is, like, a, a 6 out of 10 at everything? Sam Walsh is an 8 out of 10 at everything, at the very minimum. Yes. So he's just he's just consistent at everything all the time. So there, so you can, it is kind of hard to speak about him because it's not like he's he's not like Krupa who's our captain and impacts the scoreboard heavily. He just keeps on keeping on, and I'm sorry, yeah, it's I mean the comparisons to Nick Dacos. I mean, come on now. Don't, no, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to. No, we'll be, we'll nah. I don't want to get into that conversation. That's, that's Nick 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 Dacos like. He just gets stats. No, and anyone... Let's, no, not, no, let's, let's not. Let's move on, let's move on, let's move let's on. I don't want to get started. I just want to touch on Sam Walsh, also, briefly. The one thing that I saw, and I, I have stolen this on various footy shows over the coming over the past few days, but his explosiveness out of the stoppage has been really good. He has, like, he's got this leg power that he can get the ground ball two, three steps, and he's gone. And that's something that... He didn't have because he's always been this outside runner, this endurance athlete. Now he's developing that power through the legs, through the core, to just explode out of contests. It's he his career's in fast forward. He's playing like he's twenty eight and he's twenty one. His his career is literally in fast forward. Last year we saw last year we saw he could start to hit the scoreboard. This year it's dwindled a little bit, but when you have Charlie Harry back, Cripper, our small forwards, doesn't need to score goals now. And then this year, he's like, all right, I don't need to kick goals. I need to start doing something else. And he has. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, it, you know what I think? I think not, this isn't completely true, but I think a good midfielder is someone who can get, like, touches without you noticing they're touching the ball. Like, I couldn't – I didn't leave that game thinking Walsh has had 40. You think, like, not that you know what he's got, but it's insane. And I sort of want to touch it out, like you spoke about that explosive clearance nature of him to just really put himself forward of the ball. Um, I, I thought midfield-wise, we'd look at their stats very even. No reliance on one player, like we probably would have relied on Crips to do it all for us in those centre clearances and just around stoppages. Crips, Kennedy, eight clearances, Walsh, seven, Hewitt, six. Very yeah. even spread. Yeah. And, and that's what I think makes us very unpredictable just around stoppages. You never know who's going to be that spitter who's going to come through and collect. Very confusing team to play against. And even if they haven't, you know, even when the opposition's got somewhat of an idea, we're prepared. Yeah, because it, it's about balance. We have balance in the midfield now. Because you've got, I mean, when De Koning's in the ruck, it, it's practically a fourth midfielder. Like, He's just that agile that he can be blow his knees, no problem. And then you've got Walsh. I mean, once Chera comes back, 
and Fisher, who are your more agile, ball-users type quick players. And then you have Kennedy, Hewitt, Cripps, who are your bulls. And, yeah, it, 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 we always have a midfield balance. Like, like you, you, I, you very rarely see Cripps, Kennedy and Hewitt in the same midfield. Fisher, Fisher um, Chara or Walsh will always be there. So we just found that balance brilliantly. On TDK, I mean, now I'm actually, I mean, as much as I wasn't a massive Peter Net fan, he did, he's definitely improved this year and I've changed my thoughts, but I do want Peter Net back and not, and before I, you assume I'm saying TDK shit, I just want TDK to roam around the ground and take those marks. Yeah. The, like uh, that is so important, and I've like just realised like how versus how that can be if we actually have Pitt in that there, where TDK can solely focus on that. A hundred percent, because he can do that on the wing. He can do it in defence. He can do it forward. It just allows so much tactical flexibility, and like yeah, his marking is everyone's raving about the centre bounce work. His around the ground work is fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, I just think it, like, look, I'm not really a huge fan. It's not that TDK is crap in the centre bounces, but he's clearly underdeveloped to most Ruckman he's come up against. And it can be a bit of a liability at times. He always puts in a really good physical shift, but I guess that's probably been the reason for our centre clearances being poor. And that's not, uh, it's not really shitting on TDK because it's not, like I said, he's pretty underdeveloped to most of the rest of the competition he's coming up against, so it's not really fair to put it on his real ability because I'm sure I'm sure that will improve over time. But yeah. geez, I'm I'm ready for Pitnet to come back in. It just yeah, I mean help. yeah, I mean I thought the con- the coning was good in the center bounces. It's pretty. Um, it's pretty I think he had eight, eight hitouts to advantage or something like that. Um, so I thought it was good, and I thought he definitely he definitely beat Darcy in that area. I think. I mean, if you look at the centre bounces, might not have won the hitouts, but I feel like he had more of an impact in the centre bounce than Darcy had. Um, and then what else was I going to say? Yeah, when Pitonet comes back, you can have that flexibility of shifting Jack forward or in defence or on the wing or wherever he wants to go because he can do everything. Um, and then you can have Pitonet, Deconing float in the, in the rock, and then Deconing can do whatever he wants, taking marks left, right, centre. It, yeah. I mean, pe- people are saying that, oh, when Pitnet comes back, you have to drop either the Koning or Sauce or someone, or like a forward. No, just do what we did in the first three rounds with, with all three of them playing. It worked. Certainly did. Um, look, I think that's probably the main part of this game. I mean, I'll just, you know, we'll touch the normal performers, side Doherty, played their usual role-playing Definitely game. Brilliant. So there's not much to really uh, talk about on them. Uh, we've got, obviously, I mean, we've got limited time in this podcast today, so let's move on to the St Kilda game this Friday night. Uh, first and foremost, the Carlton Respects game. Um, pretty important for the club because, I, I mean, they've got a pro, they've got a really big program uh, regarding Carlton Respects around gender equality, Um domestic violence raising awareness and I think this is a really good game they showcase each year and this year they got a Guernsey so yeah you haven't seen uh pretty much the same just blue but the colors are all orange so yeah. nice 
I love, yeah. I love it. And you know what? I want next year, like 2009, uh, the yellow, the yellow one. I want yellow. it orange. I want it orange with the blue, the blue monogram. Terrific. That would, yeah, that, I mean, for that game, that would be that would be good. That'd be good. It would be, oh, it'd be cool. I mean, I to be fair, I've not seen a yellow, yellow one before. Like just no. a retail, someone's one. And no. could you? They would sell. They would. Yeah, that one hundred percent sell. Yeah. It'd be terrific. Um, so that that's the importance of um, this of this game coming up for the club, for the football side of it. Look, it's I'm very nervous, and we spoke about it yesterday. Like St Kilda have been playing very average football, and obviously that Essendon game affected them quite a lot mentally, I'd say, um, and obviously. Radden saying it was their worst performance of the year, and they back it. They back that up against Sydney, which was worse by far. Worse. Yeah. Um, it's the same. It's a very similar scenario to what I said about this Freo game, where one of them's got to go your way, and I'm afraid to say that this is that game that will go their way if there is any. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's it it, it is that typical cliche sporting thing you, how many bad performances can a good team have in a row before they before they bounce back like so i'm just hoping that we can we can just put one more dagger into their hearts and, and make them really change but i mean I, th- I think this game will be done in the first quarter i think if we come out i think i think we could tell from the first quarter what's going to happen because I, I feel like if we come out do what we did against like the giants and just kill the first quarter, kick four, five, six goals, we'll run away with the game. I feel like they'll be emotionally drained, they'll be mentally done from the game. If they come out more more willing than us and, and getting to the contest first and being tougher than us, we could be in for a long day. I feel like this could be said and done within the first quarter. I agree. Um, I, I think they will come out pretty fiery. I couldn't see... Look, I could see it being pretty similar to what we just saw with, with Freo, like a very tight game, not many scores, but I could see it being very high scoring as well. Yeah. It's very... Well, I think Kyoto games tend to be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Um, I mean, it's Marvel, Friday night, quick deck, their home game or our home game? Their home game, their which home game. I'm not very happy with, but... Purely because I don't think I don't think I don't like when our home games at Marvel are against Vic teams that play their home games at Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not a fan of that. And it, yeah, it's a stand, if it's a standalone game, then why isn't it at the G? Yeah, but I get the agreement, rubbish, whatever. Just I think it's frustrating that that home game against that team is at Marvel. But we seem to play Marvel better, if anything. Yeah, I so would rather play Marvel than the J. So maybe it's not as bad as what I make it out to be, but yeah, uh, it, it, it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be a a memorable match for for whatever reason. I just feel like I don't know Friday night Marvel two well one big team and one medium sized team. Um, <laughs> with all due respect. Yeah, I feel like this will be a this will be a memorable game for whatever reason. Hopefully, it's because can't win by 150 points. 
um, let's go back to the whole Max King thing. And this is um, this is where I think the loss of Weedering doesn't make too much of a difference. And I might, you know, might regret, regret saying yeah, just, this. Yeah, just be, please be careful. I'll be careful. Look, this is, I'm saying this based off what I've seen all season from St Kilda. Um, they do not distribute the ball evenly throughout their forward line. They do not lower their eyes most of the time, and they will go to King nine times out of ten in dumb positions. I don't think, I really don't think Lewis Young or Jacob Weeder would matter who was on him because they all go to him. If you put two or three guys into a contest, yeah. he's probably not going to win much of the ball anyway, the way they, yeah, they bring no, the ball forward. It, it's the, the way that St Kilda like to play Max King is by isolating him because he's not a good pack mark like he's not like a harry mckay who will pluck it out from 12 blokes right he's he does his best footy when he's isolated on the lead because he's 400 meters tall right so you can't get to him without giving away for a kick so what we need to do is cause rushed kicks inside 50 that go to a pack because that means we'll have plow young camp and then doc will throw his whole body in it as well because it's doc so they'll limit the chance of King having an impact. And as well as that, being able to get body contact on him so he doesn't get that run and jump and then get those arms out. It's about just being smart. I feel like you don't necessarily need to be an elite defender to stop him. You just need to be clever and work as a unit to stop him. Well, yeah, that unit part especially, because I think something St Kilda do well against us, they'll... they'll present the, the tall forward will present it will drop to the ground and usually we're not prepared when you've got plays gresham Membry, higgins Butler. roaming but yeah but i mean like you've got to be very vigilant you've got to watch what you're doing yeah yeah and i and i worry that kim I, I, i'm assuming king won't have a massive impact sure he will but i think they will definitely be relying on the smalls to win it for them yeah i mean we have a pretty good record against small forwards do we i can't remember a small forward really getting a hold of us this year no look really this, richmond the richmond of the like well, two weeks ago just any time we play them richmond are the only team i worry oh, about yeah Forwards, yeah, they yeah. always kill us no matter yeah. what we do. What we, we, we make Jason Castagna look like an all Australian, yeah. Even in round one, when we won, I still thought their small forwards were just yeah, miles yeah. better than what we were doing. But I'm just, you know, I just yeah, think I'm just hesitant. You've got to be very careful. Yeah, you have to be you, because of the because of the reaction that the Saints have got this week. We just need to make this game as boring as possible. So that just means being smart and not getting emotionally <clears throat> attached to the game in terms of we need to win. We, need, we, we can't get angry. Like, do you know what I mean by when I say that? Yeah, we need to just be yeah. very disciplined, smart, and just do what works. Don't try and overcomplicate it. Just do, do the simple things, and then hopefully that should be enough to get the job done. Like, look, this is what I mean by that game. Like, this is their, that game. And you could have said this about the Sydney game where it's like win and finals is still like fully on. You lose your hour. Like, 
they're it, well if you take away percentage they're still equal eighth they're not out. yeah like yeah. it's because of the run they've got people are grinding them off but i think this game is definitely that lose and you're out yeah this game will hurt like i said they, they struggle with pressure well, they struggle with pressure it's just such a worrying game yeah like yeah i don't I mean, it's, it, it's you, weird. If you said like four or five weeks ago, losing to St Kilda, you'd probably be like, "Cool, they're they're up there. They're a top team as well." Yeah, yeah it happens. Yeah. Now the but, pressure's on us. We, we're going yeah. to favourites. Which is, I mean, I mean, if you look at each area, I think our forward line eats their defence alive, right? You think? Um. Yes. I just, I don't think they've got, well, look, Dougal Howard is probably, he's just not very coordinated. Yeah, I feel like Charlie's a perfect yeah. matchup for Dougal Howard, by the way. Yeah, he's a weak link, Dougal Howard. Um, Wilkie on Mackay, I'd say, will probably be quite a good matchup, and I wouldn't, I don't think I could see Mackay totally dominating Wilkie. I think Wilkie's a very smart footballer. He's not yeah. like, he's not, you know, so much skill like gifted skill wise but he's definitely a smart footballer i just think whoever's got duke will have a night out it's my opinion there you go there's your prediction um you know well well think about it like this is this is the way that we need to think about it by this game the saints entry inside 50 especially last couple of weeks are poorly right meaning they can't get the service to king memory whoever else inside 50, right? So, and last week, our pressure around the midfield was unreal. So if we just match that pressure, it should be it should be quite comfortable. Like, I don't, I don't want to say quite comfortable because I don't want to speak too early, but if we just match the pressure that we showed on Saturday, Saturday afternoon against that under-siege St Kilda side who are reliant on good entry inside 50, who can't really play that chaos ball that well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's it's just weird. I mean, on paper, this seems much easier than probably what it would be. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm just sort of thinking back at their games and when you get a run on them, and I and and if you haven't watched our other series, the rest we said this. Um, the episode will come out tonight when you're listening to this, but I'll say it now that St Kilda don't have plan Bs. Yeah. So all you need to do is come in with a plan B if something doesn't go away, and you're probably still going to get on top, which is what we saw Essendon do two weeks ago. But their plan A worked really well up until half time, and then St Kilda completely disregarded that. And then Essendon came back out with another plan, and they got back on top again. And St Kilda couldn't rebound that, so they, they they can't adapt mid game as well. No, and I, and to be honest, I don't think we're that good at that either. I do no. think that we, we come in with we come in with a plan. If that plan doesn't work, like we come in with a plan, but it's not always the same plan. So we do have multiple plans on how to beat teams. It's not the same way every single time, but. If that plan doesn't work, I feel like we do struggle to adapt to mid-game as well. That's probably the only thing which I'm worried about. Who, I mean, just the general, who would you like to see 
in the midfield matchups. I love it. I love a Crips in the steel matchup. Yeah, that's got to be right. I love it. Yeah, I love it's, it always yeah, it's, it's brilliant. You, you want to say that big yeah. the the stars going up against each other. Um, yes, Crips still. Who I mean, who else is in the midfield? Who I else? reckon a Zach Jones, George Hewitt matchup will be pretty fascinating. Oh yeah. Two former Sydney players as well, of course. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, two two hard nuts, two two bulls. Yeah. And well, my guess, yeah. Walsh will be tagged. Yep. Yeah. Heavily. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I can say that as well. Which is going to be a good test for him yeah. because he hasn't been tagged this year. I don't think. I mean, he hasn't need, needed to be because Cripp has been dominating, right? But but okay. if Chera comes back in. Can you afford to tag Walsh? Because I'll just move him to half forward, and then and then he will lose his man because he's because he runs more than fucking everyone else in the comp. Like I mean I mean I mean Long Longmuir said we tried a couple of things on Walsh, it, nothing worked. It's tough because uh, he runs so much. Like he just won't, doesn't stop. Hey, look, I mean, you know what? We're not the team who needs to be saying this. Who, who do we need to take? Exactly. Like we're on the opposite end. Is, so. is, is Brad Hill playing? Uh, should be. I think so. Because did he play last week? He did, didn't he? Or, or was he involved in that? Let's just, I think we can... Ass- let's, just, let's just see. Let's just make sure we got our facts right. Injury list. He was, oh yeah, I don't think he played this no, week. No, I he didn't play. Managed. Yeah. Um, I think Brad Hill could be a, a thing for Walsh because Brad Hill can run. <laughs> yeah. He's not on the injury list. No, I think, I, think he got, I think he got dropped. I think he got dropped. Okay. Well, Sandy did lost in the reserves. I don't know how well he played it in the reserves. So, um, you could probably assume matchup-wise he will come back in. Yeah. I mean, Ryder... If Ryder comes back in, Marshall and Ryder on the Koning and Sauce. Good matchups. Yeah, but if one of them go forward, yeah. Ryder, you think, would be the one go forward? Ryder is a very good set shot. He's probably yeah. the best in the league for Ruckman. I always have this in if Ruckman can't kick, he can kick. Yeah, because he's, he's, he, he's, he's very coordinated for a Ruckman. Very coordinated, so... Um, that'll be a test for Kemp. I mean, Kemp will go to memory, you'd think. Right? Yeah, that is a huge test for Kemp. Memory, again, contested mark, he's really up there. He will yeah. generally not drop a lot of things yeah. kicked at him. Kemp's just going to be really physical. And if that's giving away free kicks, I can live with that. Yeah. But you've really got to test him out. Because memory does like to get up the ground as well. Yeah. So 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 again, and the thing is about memory is that he's not overly tall. So it's not as if Max King is going up the ground where you kind of need someone to follow him because he'll mark everything otherwise. Memory, because of the height, you can afford to pass him off to like a plowman or or whoever. So yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see. Will be uh, before we uh, end up predictions oh god um carton of course by i mean i'd love to see a statement i'd love to see 10 goals but i don't think it'll happen i think carton by 
12 points. No, 14 points. It'll be, it'll be similar to the uh, Sydney Western Bulldogs game, I think. Um, uh, if, if I'm if I'm giving a prediction based off my footy tip and it's St Kilda, I, have, I don't tip us. It's just the consistent thing. Look, uh, based on what we've seen, I would say us by probably no more than four goals, no less than two, anywhere in that range. It depends what St Kilda team turn up. Yeah, it is really. very dependent. Yeah. That's, um, I'm not looking forward to this at all. Can't give it. And you know what makes it better is that if we lose, we get to go home at eleven o'clock at night and get home at midnight. So that's what I love about these games late Friday night. They're so great. So better hope we win. Yeah, that, yeah. Until then. Until then. I think we'll be back next week still. I think we'll be back next week. That's all hopefully. Hopefully. Always fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Leave your thoughts, opinions in uh, the comments below. And until then, we'll catch you in the next episode. See you guys.